taller than most of us, yeah. I'm a little more ornery. No. Oh, is that recorded? Sorry, Pastor Andrew. <laughs> I guess you'll hear that, right? I ain't afraid. Uh, I say that while she's not here, though. Yeah. Uh, don't y'all say I said that now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a recorded line, Cherry. I said that I am indeed uh, uh, maybe a little afraid. <laughs> no, I told, and I told Tim this. So I, I had one rule. Tim, can I share that? Yeah. I told I told people, I said, I have one rule prior to being born again. I was not afraid of anybody except for people that got tattoos on their face. <laughs> and so when I met Tim, I was like, all right, I, I'm good ex- except for that guy over there. <laughs> and then when Tim preached and got up there and he said he was preaching on the armor of God, and, and uh, he said, well, you know, I'm not afraid, something like that. I'm not afraid of anybody ex- except for maybe Pastor Andrea. <laughs> and he said, she's over there looking at me like, you know, it's time for him to wrap it up. And she's like, I felt like I was at the OK Corral. How you make that? He said, he was like, I knew I had to step back. And I was like, Tim, now Okay, so maybe there's a second person I'm, or, you know, kind of person I'm afraid of. <laughs> so, anyways, that's funny. Um, I do want to share with you, I, man, I'm excited. I got something good. I believe it's straight from the Lord, and I believe it'll be a blessing to everyone this morning that uh, will take it and use it. And so, uh, does, I'll start off just kind of any prayer requests, anything like that. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And that's for sure. For sure. And I have a friend and a testimony that I may give part partially during this. I had a lady, one of my very dear friends, that uh, was um, hit by a truck uh, walking across the street. A guy turned and the mirror slapped her with her in her head. And knocked her 40 feet across the road. Just recently, I stopped. Oh, I stopped by her house yesterday. She was baking muffins. She said, "I said, yeah, yeah. It's it's physically like literally impossible, impossible. I mean, I used to be a preceptor on the ambulance, and I would teach people like when we pulled up on wrecks and different things. You know, show me things. Tell me five things you see before we get out of this truck." You know, is the windshield spider webbed? Is there intrusion in the door? Is there, you know, you can expect and all the way to the organs, the hollow organs versus the full organs of blood and all of that. And I would say, what kind of injuries would you be anticipating? If I got an 18-inch door intrusion on the driver's door and, you know, the car's flipped upside down, there's spider web on the windshield, then I can anticipate, you know, hey, this person possibly has a pneumothorax, you know, the lung paper bag, pop. You know, uh, their spleen, their direct hit um, could be just, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that could go on. But for something that's solid metal to slap somebody upside the head, it would be the same as someone standing here and slapping you 
and you landing up back there at the door um, and your neck's not broken and there's no, not even a fracture. All she got was 15 staples in the head and that's it. That is physically, if you know uh, kinetics and laws of, you know, I mean all that stuff, uh, that is not possible to happen, absolutely impossible. And so she got a testimony for her. And so uh, just wanted to share something positive. But anybody else, and I'll get moving. Healing. That seems to be a, a theme, and we just, you know, praying for it and believing, receiving it then. So. Okay. So pray. Find out what's up with her, and then what was it over here? I'm okay. So, all right. Okay. All right. Yeah, we got you. We got you, man. Okay. Very good. We will make sure. And what was it over here that somebody mentioned? Okay. Just see. Okay. All right, well, let's let's uh, go to the Lord. Uh, Father, we just come to you this morning, and Lord, we just love you, and uh, we uh, lift this uh, class up to you, Lord. I lift these people up to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, um, you are our strong tower, Lord. You are our refuge. You are our strength, and Lord, I know that this, uh, there's been a lot of people that's been attacked lately, Lord God, and we... Uh, do take our stand in the place that you've given us and take our authority, Lord. We know it's never a, a uh, issue with you trying to get something to us in the sense of the word of God is available to everyone at all times. The, uh, the promises of God are yes and amen, all of them. But uh, sometimes there's things that we might not see, Lord, and sometimes we just need to reach out and grab it, and sometimes we need help from others to reach out and grab it and have our faith encouraged, Lord, 
And so for those that are not here, Lord, that do need healing, I speak the word of God over them and that I add my faith to theirs that by your stripes that they are healed, Lord. And for the ones that are here that's requesting healing, Lord, we speak life into their flesh, Lord, and that their body be healed and well and whole just the way that you've made it, Lord God, and that you're not short on miracles. I've witnessed this this week, the, what I just shared, that something that's absolutely impossible in the natural realm is totally possible with you. And, Lord, we give you the praise for it. We expect more of it. Lord, we stand up and say we expect more of it. We thank you for your ministering spirits, Lord, that are around us this day and that you walk with us through the day and that you uh, just... We believe your word, and, Lord, we watch it work in our lives and unravel. We give you the praise for it, Lord, and thank you for this uh, young lady that this uh, gentleman's mentioning. Uh, you know exactly where she is, and you don't know rumors. You know the truth, Lord, and I thank you that the truth come forth. We call it forth right now and believe that it comes forth speedily, Lord, and give you the thanks and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all. So, um, first of all, you know, I wanted to kind of say I'm always extremely thankful, grateful to teach this class. Um, I think we have great pastors, and uh, while you might not get all the, I can't, like, bend and contort myself the way she does with all the animation. She'll be at a 45-degree angle back here preaching up, and I'm going, you know, this woman's going to hurt herself in a minute. I mean, golly, you know, and she's just... So the, uh, you might not get quite as much animation, but I will try to, uh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. He uses us all, right? So he just uses her in a little bit different way, okay? And so hopefully, she, I guess she might listen to this, so I may or may not be in trouble. You know, she knows. Uh, I tell her all the time, I got, said I got thick skin. I can take it. So um, no, but with that being said, uh, I love our pastors. I do believe that they are anointed of God. And that uh, that anointing flows through them. They seek God for the words that they speak. And anytime you ever see me teaching this class, just know that I don't take it lightly at all that God has given me the uh, opportunity to share the gift he's given to me. And that's teaching the word of God. And um, and it's uh, to, to be able to speak the words on behalf of the Lord is probably the high, or the highest honor I can think of. And so uh, I, I would never come before this class without having sought the Lord and having some fresh oil. And uh, that is exactly what I try to do every time because I, I go straight to the Lord and, and, and ask him. And, you know, Clint, you, you can have a seat, sir. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just, I love this because I could call people out all the way back there. Sit down. <laughs> you know, and so, any, <laughs> okay, I'm abusing my authority here. So, no, I'm only kidding. Clint's going to, I was like, I looking around this morning going, Clint, Clint? I'm like, I was like, oh, there he is. Okay. So, he's going to be part of my, in a little bit. Just, yeah, you got to just, just stay Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go too far. No. No. <laughs> so um, anyways, uh, so what I would like to do is I would tell you that, uh, again, uh, I believe that the anointing that's on our pastors can be transferred 
to those that receive from their ministry. And you can use that out on the streets. And that's exactly what we want because, you know, the church, we're coming together. This is a place for us to learn. But what we do is we take what we learn in here and we go out there and put it on the people out there. And that's the whole goal. And so, um, good to see you, man. <laughs> um, so, what I want to do today is I want to give you, I always, I'm a very practical thinker. I probably drive my wife crazy. Like, I, uh, she'd be going to sleep at night, and I'll just be, you know, going to town about something the Lord just showed me. She's a morning, early morning person, and I'm a late night person. And so, like, we kind of pass each other in the hall. Sometimes one of us will grunt, and the other one, you know. So, uh, she tries to catch me in the later part of the day, and I try and catch her in the morning if I got something, but I try and talk to her. I get excited about this, so I preach my message to her, and she's going, you know, she doesn't want to go to sleep, but, like, I'll be trying to talk real fast, and so, like, even faster than I talk now before I just had my coffee, and so uh, she hears it about 42 times before I get here, so, but what I was going to say is what I like to do is I'm a practical thinker. I do believe in God's Word. God's shown me over the years how to take just something that might look complex or whatever and just simplify it and somehow get it in my brain where I can understand it on a practical level. And when I've been able to do that, I don't know. I heard one guy said that if you can't explain something, in a simple fashion, you probably don't understand it good enough yet. So go back, you know, and that way and go over it again. And then whenever you um, get the opportunity, if you can explain it simple, then uh, you understand it a little better. And I understand that because I'm a paramedic, I'm a nurse, and I've, uh, I was always the one that they used as the teacher, the preceptor, you you know, after I got in there, I was like, why don't y'all want to use me? I mean, I've only been here for two or three years, and you guys got 20-year nurses, and they're like, because you like to teach, <laughs> and most people don't want to be messed with when they're doing their job, and I understand that too, but I always have, it doesn't matter what job I get or what way I go, whether it's in church, not in church, or whatever, I always end up in a place teaching, and that's because that's how my mind works, and if you had to boil me down to one thing on the planet that I am, I'm a teacher, and I can't help it. It's just that is how my mind is programmed, and that's the direction that I go all the time. And so uh, with that being said, um, I like to, when I came to the Word of God, early on I had made a decision, and I did it in the very beginning not understanding hardly anything. And... Um, I just would read those simple scriptures like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then it says that there's um, that uh, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. You know, that's in Malachi, and that's when he, God is rebuking someone strongly. And he said, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Therefore, today, you sons of Jacob will not be consumed in other words, if I wasn't in covenant with you and I could change because of the, what I'm feeling right now, I would kill every single one of y'all. <laughs> he said he would consume them like with fire, but he didn't because he's a covenant-keeping God. So I saw early on 
the unchangeability of God. He is the same. He's the same God in the Old Testament as he is in the New Testament. And so, like, you see it here, a lot of people preaching, they're like, well, um, why was he like this in the Old Testament and like this in the New Testament? And the answer to that is, like, if I owned, let's say I owned a store where I sold beds, whatever, just something random, and I owned, I owned a restaurant, those two businesses would both be owned by me but they would operate entirely different with different policies, procedures, based on the inventory that was in those stores. And so my, I don't change, but my covenants do, right? And so certain covenants have different elements. You know, you look at different insurance policies or whatever. What you get over here, you might not get over here. And God has never changed. It's always been his desire to be merciful to his people and so that was what his whole desire was was to have a people that would obey him from the heart and you know in the old testament said people had a heart of stone he's good and so the covenant is different that's what the thing is but what i learned early on was that god was not changeable and so this literally when i first got a hold of it Man, I, I mean, and I'm not being even facetious about this. I was so ignorant of the world. Man, but when I was 20, 21, I was having the time of my life. I was, I was boozing it up and smoking in and everything I could find and whatever. I mean, I've done every drug that you can think of, um, except for maybe birth control. And I've told you, <laughs> you know, and I may have done some of that. Somebody give, hey, can you rock this up and smoke it? Sure. You know, I mean, it's like. Uh, and, and so we would figure out a way to do it. I've done some, some stuff that you just wouldn't believe when it comes to that kind of stuff. But um, anyhow, uh, with that being said, when I came across the Lord, I didn't know that there were 12-step programs. I didn't know that there were all of these things. And I, I was staying um, intoxicated or inebriated 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I've had people that said, well, you weren't an addict. And then I told them what I did, and they're like, how are you alive? You know, they're like, eh. and I had one lady, she, I, she asked me, and I told her about it, and she said, well, well you weren't an addict. And I said, and it, so I told her everything. She goes, but, but that's impossible. <laughs> and I said, I'm not trying to convince you. I don't even care if you believe me. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going on about my day. You can believe it if you want to. And she goes, but I mean, she was like a counselor, and she was like, uh, 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 uh. I said, all things are possible to him that believes. And I did not know any better than, I mean, I'm glad there weren't most Christians there to help me as soon as I got saved, because they would have talked me out of my victory. And so, um, you know, and that does happen. And it's like, God will, according to your faith, be it unto you. That's the way it is. This whole thing's out there. He's laid it all out there. Um, and we receive according to our faith, whether we like, like it or not, with the meat that you measure, it'll be measured to you again. Right? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will give it back to you. That's Luke 6.38. And so um, I learned that the word of God, I, I went before the Lord, and after hearing a guy preach a message, and I told the Lord, I said, look, Here's the way I'm going to live the rest of my life. 
whatever I find in that word, I am going to adapt my life to that. And I'm going to make that the guiding light, the underruling principle. And if something disagrees with the word, then I'm going to have to choose to believe the word or believe the situation. So this immediately took me to the pastor in the church that I was at because I was sitting at home, you know, and I'm talking about brand new believer, reading about people speaking in tongues, reading about people getting healed, reading about people getting healed just by the shadow of someone walking by, all these things. And I, and I went to him and I said, Pastor, how come, I said, I'm reading all this stuff and it's so exciting. And I'm like, why isn't this happening in the church? And he said, well, you know, when the last apostle died, you know, the, the healing and all the ministry gifts and all these things, they, they stopped functioning. And, and I'm sitting there, and in my mind, I guess I'm matter of fact, I'm thinking, okay, well, either Jesus lied or you don't know what you're talking about. I go with the latter. I need to find a church that, that's preaching the word of God. And I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I wasn't trying. I just, it is what it is, right? I mean, we say that all the time. But, I mean, this, so anyways, that's how I decided to start living my life and lining things up. And uh, 30 years later, it's, I still, I, I told the Lord, I said, you know, I'm going to get out there and uh, this stuff don't work, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking to you about it and I ain't had nothing to talk to him about in that area because if you know if you'll stick with it and get in there and um, and listen to the Holy Spirit and find out how to apply the word, uh, it it works. There's no question. It works. It'll work. It'll work for anybody that'll work it. Um, you may be missing something. You may have to just stay. Just stick with it, man. Some things it's taken me. You know, you get in your mind and. And it's just, you have to get quiet before the Lord and get in that place where you can hear. But you stick with the word. It will deliver you out of anything and everything. And I, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, I, like I said, you know, I've got friends that, that believe like this. I just, and the story I told you this morning, I stopped by that lady's house yesterday. And like I said, that is absolutely impossible to happen in the natural realm. And she's up. She said, I have headaches sometimes. I mean, she said, I don't know when they're going to come. They're, and I'm like, a headache versus what could have happened to you. Um, so, anyways, so what I want to do is I, my point of going through all that is I want to be able to give you guys um, something on a practical level. Anytime that I teach, I like for people that when, whenever you're, I'm done, that they're given something that you can take and walk into, walk, in, walk into out there and use it. Because if I'm up here to just preach a sermon or whatever, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not about trying to just make you feel good. I'm kind of that pastor, like Pastor Andrea. If I have to, if I have to stomp on somebody's toes to save their life, then I'd rather step on your toes and maybe even offend you or whatever in order to uh, help you, you know. And, and, and so I understand where she's coming from, and I tend to have a lot of the same 
perspective, it's, if, if, you know, people don't ask me questions if you don't want to know the answer. I mean, really, I, I do try to kind of, you know, always temper my conversation with love, but I'm not going to sit there and pat you on the back and make you feel good just so I can tell you what you want to hear. You know, I, that's just not how I operate. And that's not how Jesus was either. Jesus was not always socially acceptable, contrary to popular belief. You know, so he, he stirred things up. And so um, if you were here Wednesday night, Pastor or Brother Randall preached a message. And um, there was uh, one point in the message where he came to and he said, uh, you know, he's a military guy. He said, do you know how to use the weapons that have been issued to you? And then he stood there. Nobody said anything. He went, do you? Do you know? <laughs> you know, and I and I was like, yes. You know, and so while that might kind of come off as arrogant, it's not arrogant at all. It's not. It's a, he's asking me a question, and uh, if I can't say yes to that, then I'm in trouble. And if you can't say yes to that, you're going to be in trouble if you're not in trouble now. And so you need to be able to use the things that God's giving you and use them skillfully and I always have thought of my, like with the word of God, I've told people, I used to have a buddy that uh, we were on the ambulance together for years, and and uh, he, uh, I told him, I said in the beginning, I mean, this guy was as religious as you can get, and uh, at the time, he's not anymore, but he's a, he's a good guy, he's running a Bible school in Guatemala, actually, and uh, he said, uh, he would tell me some of the things he was thinking, and how he prayed and everything. I said, man, you pray shotgun prayers. And he, and he said, what do you mean? I said, I said, if you had a, like a hundred darts in your hand and you throw them at the wall, one of them's, or at the dartboard, one of them's going to stick. But there's no precision there. It's like you want to be like a sniper. What, in, in this situation, Clint said something yesterday. I was talking about the crosshairs. He goes, yeah, the cross." You know, the crosshairs, put it in your crosshairs. You want to be able to, I mean, I want to be like that skilled soldier that can climb up in a tree and look at his target half a mile away and just very quickly get up there and pop, climb, and before anybody even knows he's around, he's gone. You know, that's how they operate. And that's how you can be with the word. I mean, the the devil knows that you're coming Man, you know, he wants to get quiet whenever you come into a room. And don't think that that's not a real thing because the devil knows. Just like the sons of Sceva, you know, they, you've heard Pastor Andrew talk about that, where uh, this guy, they try to cast out a devil, and they said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the devil rose up in that person, I know Paul, and I know Jesus. I don't know you, and it says they, they, they rent him sore and ran him out without their clothes, and so, I mean, it's a real thing. I've even sat down and had a conversation with a guy one time, and uh, I knew this guy had a, had a devil in his soul, and I was talking to him, and, and uh, I'd known him for years, and, and he uh, had recently gotten really weird doing a lot of things that's where he encountered this devil and so I sat I, I sat down with him 
And um, he said, man, I'm starting to hear voices. I hear this voice all the time. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know, what is the voice saying to you? You know, what is, I was trying to make, talk to the man, not deal with that devil just yet. And he said, well, um, it told me to stay away from you. And I said, I, I, I could see that, you know. And he said, uh, and he, he made a statement. I won't say the exact statement that the devil said to him, but he said, basically, the spirit that I have in me would be able to easily overpower the spirit that was in him and make him leave. And I said, and you're right about that. And I said, so I'm going to ask you, do you want him to leave? And he sat there for a minute and he goes, No. And I said, you don't want, I said, this is an evil spirit that's talking to you. Do you want to rid yourself of him? He said, not right now. And I said, well, then I would be doing you a great injustice if I tried to cast him out of you because he's going to come back and he's going to bring all his friends with him. And you're going to be in a lot worse state than what you are now. It's the devils that you like that are hard to get rid of. Hmm? As people say, can a Christian have a devil? You can if you want one. I don't recommend that you get one. But I'm just saying that uh, I'm not talking about being demon-possessed, but I'm talking about being strongly influenced and oppressed in your soul that is not your spirit's born again and born of God. Your mind has to be renewed. And if you open up it to demons or devils and stuff, you can get yourself in a mess. And uh, the only safe remedy in this world right now is renewing it with this written word. And so I know I hadn't quite got to a scripture yet. We're, we're getting there. Um, so my point in all of this, that I want to be able to use the word of God in a way that makes sense, in a way that I can adapt my life to and, and the way Jesus did. And so... Pastor Randall, or Brother Randall asked the other night, he said, you know, do you know how to use the weapons that you've been given? And Tim preached on it uh, one Sunday, and he brought out, said, you know, these are the weapons. Uh, uh, Ephesians 6, it says, you know, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. And so you have weapons, and our, we, we can't confuse people with the real enemy people is why we're here and that was the whole thing you know jesus even hung on the cross and he said forgive them father they don't know what they're doing and i mean that's the where our orders come from is we we're taking orders from a man that's sitting there looking at the people that just nailed him to a cross and hung him up and he's saying forgive them so for us to think it's okay to just talk to people and do to people whatever we feel is he's you know, he's not okay with that 
and we have a walk to walk, and it's it is a challenging one because we do have flesh, and with that flesh we have to keep it under subjection to the word. But when it comes to the devil, the enemy, what we're wrestling with, no mercy, zero mercy. You want to walk up to him, slit that jugular, and watch him bleed out right there in front of you. No mercy whatsoever. I don't feel sorry for him. I, he's burning in hell. Good. You know, I hope I'm there when he goes in. And, I mean, you just absolutely... No tolerance, zero tolerance. You know, you should get so, I, I can't even, I mean, I, it just boils up in me, you know, whenever I think about what he does to people. And, you know, you've got, I won't even get into it, but like uh, all the sex trafficking that's going on with the children at the border and stuff like that, it just, the things that go through your mind, you know, you, I mean, if I, if I came into a room and, I mean, I'm sanctified, I mean, you know, and everything, but if I, to give you an image of how difficult it can be sometimes, imagine someone walking into a room and seeing them, somebody's hurting your kid. I mean, I pray that the Lord will help me because I don't know that I'm going to be very sanctified at that moment, you know, and so hopefully there's a little time period because uh, it would be bad. And so I think that's any parent. I think that's the thing is, is I think that's the way the Lord feels about us as well. And so he's got that parental type of love for us. Like, I mean, you see, uh, I use the uh, analogy of like maybe you got a baby elephant and you got this group of guys coming up in a Jeep and they're going to try and poach this elephant and they're, you know, getting up there. They got their guns ready and everything. And then all of a sudden you hear this loud cry and you look over and there's Daddy Elephant with his tusk and his trunk throwing it up in the air, come running straight toward the Jeep. It's time to go at that point. It is time to abandon the plan and go. And that's how, you know, the Lord is with us. And so... Uh, when we see our brothers and sisters, uh, the, the men, you know, Clint preached a message yesterday uh, and talking about how the men should lead their families and, and, and things like that. And uh, the, you, have to ha- you have to separate where you have a heart that is soft to people. But when it comes to someone hurting your family or someone, you know, hurting your brother, you know, I mean, for the guys that have been here for any period of time, you know, uh, Pastor Mike, yeah, he's the shepherd, but there needs to be like little mini shepherds in the flock, so to speak, people that's watching and listening to the Lord and walking in love and trying to help people so that you know, you can you can help the church body, you, you know. And I'm not talking about going and just, oh, well, I'm going to protect her. I'm talking about mentoring people, uh, helping teach and train. And if we're, you know, the the pastor's not changing diapers all day long. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? But we're, and where we can be like iron sharpens iron, we can, you know, off of each other in love. And so, anyways, I, I want, I, I've got something that I w- I'm going to do here in just a minute. 
Um, but with that being said, I want to I share one thing, and I'm going to try and stay on track here where we can get out of here on time and everything. But um, I was a paramedic for years, and I, I told Brother Randall we were talking this morning, so I wanted to share with you something that I did. And he, I think, you know, I'll probably talk to him again because he kind of looked at me and said, well, what, how did you deal with that, you know? Um, whenever I was a, a paramedic, I, be, I, I, uh, I worked with some people. I remember working with this one particular paramedic, and this person was just terrified of their shadow. I would say, hey, you know, of course, when you're young and you're, you're like, hey, man, maybe we'll get a good call today or whatever, and she, they're like, shut up, man, don't say that, don't say that, and literally just in fear of you know, getting something that's bad, and I see your look. I know you nurses, you don't go up and say something like that, but but no, 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 I I, I understand, but but you know, when you're learning, you and so you don't know that, and you find out, but um, it's a good thing probably to keep some of your thoughts in your head, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyways, um, with that being said, uh, this person, what I didn't like about them is they were just, like, afraid. And I've seen paramedics in the back of an ambulance that have been doing it for a long time run across something they've never seen, and they just freeze. And, you know, there's not always the best outcome when stuff like that happens. And I, I talked to my friend, same guy that I was on the ambulance with, Mike Gutierrez, he was my best friend, still is my best friend, and is in a Bible school director in, in Guatemala. And uh, he said, Andy, the thing is, he said, you got to realize, you know, we do serve the Lord and everything. He said, you've got to get to the place where you're absolutely fearless. No fear, zero, none. Nothing's going to come today that you can't handle. And I was like, I was working my way up to getting on my own truck, or when I say my own truck, being a lead paramedic, and uh, where you're in charge of what's going on, right? And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, this, I'm just going to take some work. And so for a long time, whenever I would be on a truck with somebody else, that maybe there's a lead and I'm secondary, and uh, that we would stop, they would take a nap or I would, they would play on their phones or whatever. I would sit over there and I would close my eyes and I would imagine the most horrific things that I could ever possibly imagine in the world and go, what would I do if this happened? And I worked for Fort Worth over in MedStar. And so that's, there are 14 cities. And I mean, you talk about a busy, busy, busy place that and been on lots and lots and lots of, calls that are very brutal, you know, and um, I got to the place where I would sit there and think, well, I'd do this and this and this, and I, okay, and I'd go back in my mind, and I would go over this and 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 over this, and I remember one time sitting up on 820, and we're sitting uh, about, I don't know, it's like a mile, uh, probably south of Lancaster, um, anyways, and we're sitting there in the ambulance, and a call comes in for, like, a possible semi hanging off of a bridge, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, okay, you know, 
And so my mind's kind of already processing. And what had actually happened was I had a scene where a two cars clipped each other that were heading northbound, went across the interstate. They were driving 70 into a semi that was going 70 and collided and uh, ejected people and and um, it shut down both sides of the interstate and we got the pre-alert which we never flip our lights and sirens on go until you know we know we're clear and everything uh, or they have all the information I would say and so we're sitting where we can see it and I see a you know, I see a car upside down in the road. I see a guy laying. Um, no, he wasn't in the road. He was in the car unconscious. And, you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration in that situation. But, and I'm going to summarize this to some degree because I want to get to what I want to show you. And um, anyways, what had happened was it shut down the interstate on both sides. So I had... No traffic, you know, people trying to get around going this way, people trying to go around this way, no fire department there, no nothing to help, just me. And uh, we're sitting at the top of the hill, this car's upside down, I see smoke in the car, and, you know, my partner, he's like, looked at me and goes, I was, at that point I was a lead, I said, he said, what do you want me to do? I said, don't do anything, just sit here. And, you know, I've got people down there in the interstate freeway, come on, come on, come on, come on, you know. And um, there's so many things you have to take into consideration. If I get hurt, there's nobody to help anybody, right? And so you have to always be cognizant of that. And, and so, I mean, I could see that that car could very easily explode. Uh, long story short, I had played this scenario out in my mind hundreds of times. And I literally, I didn't even get nervous, man. I was just like, okay, go ahead and go on down. Okay, you're, you go do this. You know, I grab the triage tags, and we're going to walk through, and we're going to, okay, well, this guy's almost dead. All right, well, we can't mess with him just yet because there's only two of us, and I got a scene that's, you know, so we're walking through going green, yellow, red, black, blah, 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 blah. And I had supervisors showing up, and, I, and about the time I had a helicopter landing, two ambulances were coming. You know, I, you know, I just simply got on the radio, and they're like, well, what do you need? And I said, well, what, how close is your closest ambulance? She said, 20 minutes. And I said, 20 minutes. Okay. She said, I got a bird that's 11 minutes. And I said, put the bird on the ground and send me three more ambulances. And... Uh, and send supervisor, or I didn't even say send supervisor, and I had all of this stuff, and when the supervisors got on scene, they're just like, so what do you need? I said, hey, you know, go take, and I, I mean, I got a kid with his head split open, 105 degrees outside, doing CPR on a guy in the street. I mean, it was, uh, the fire, when the fire department, you know, they got there, I'm like, do this, 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 and this. And the supervisor told me that went so smooth, man. And, you know, at one point I had uh, two cars that got hit by a train, nine patients. And just, you know, you got to think about things. I need my ambulances coming down Main Street, going north. I need my ingress over here, my egress over here. I need, uh, you know, I'm going to triage over here. I'm going to have my patients right here. I'm going to have, 
you know, go start, go getting these people and lining them up and, and, and you just, your mind, but and my super, I, and the best feeling I ever had in the world was when, on that scene, I had two supervisors that uh, were standing up against the, the supervisor vehicle with, you know, I got news media out there and everything. I just, when I do that, I pull a towel, put it over the windows, lock the ambulance where nobody can get in there. And, uh, you know, the whole thing. And afterward, he was like, dude, like that went just as smooth as it could possibly go. And you say, well, what's, what am I trying to get over to you? I did not wait for the emergency to happen. I had been there thousands of times, thousands of times when it did. And when it did, I'd already been there. And, and so I just, you know, it was like telling a story almost. I was like, do this and this and this and this and this. And, and it went super smooth. And so... What, I, what I'm going to share is I use this same principle with the word. I take that word and I think about things that could happen. And I go, okay, well, what does the word say? And I go to the policies and procedures and the protocols. And, and then when it happens, you just walk. Meditation is one of the most uh, awesome. If you can't see yourself doing it yet, don't do it. Just go to the Word. and keep, That Word will create the images on the inside of you. So I want to do this last thing because I know, uh, Jane, are you going to have time to do this real quick? So, Clint, will you come on up? I want to show you something. And I'm gonna, this is the demonstration I want to give you. And I, me and Clint talked about it yesterday. And, Clint, I will tell you what Randall preached on Wednesday and what he preached yesterday morning. It's like all three of them just click together. So I know this is what the Lord is saying to this body right now. Uh, we need to be prepared. There's a lot of things going on out there. And if you're not ready, you're going to get taken off guard. And the Word says that all the way through. Do you mind grabbing like three chairs and help me? Honey, you want to come up here? My wife's coming. And I'll see about. So go to the 91st Psalm. And I've done this before up here, if you've heard me teach. But I've got it a little bit more uh, where you can see it. And, and Clint, when you get to your part, if you want to point and all that, normally you wouldn't point at people, but this is for demonstration purposes. So you are going to be, yeah, you're going to be here. And then God the Father is going to be here. And then I'm Jesus. Jesus, I'm at your right hand, right? So... I'll hand you the microphone, and uh, I guess I can hand you my Bible when we get there, right? All right, so this psalm, the Holy Spirit's so cool, right, because he saw this when this was written, and I really believe that this is what the Lord would have me do this morning, and Clint did something that was kind of unique. He said he thought it was a little weird, and I said, I, I get it, because it's like right along kind of the same line, so... Anyways, so there's three voices in this psalm, if you have never noticed that. Because if you start reading it, trying to pull it apart, and you'll see that when I get done. But I want you to check this out. The first verse is Jesus. The second verse is the believer. And then it moves on to a discourse from Jesus and ends with the Father speaking. And so I'm going to do this. And so when you all talk, just stand up. Right. All right. He that dwells... 
in the, I'll be talking to her, he or she, okay? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Clint, and then I'm going to stand up. She, her part was to make that confession. That verse is the only, now you can learn it all, you need to learn it all, but that's the active part for the believer, right? Okay, because she said that and believed that in her heart. She said, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, and my God, and in him I'll trust. Okay, Jane. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shall you trust. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You won't be afraid by night, Jane, or by the terror by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. Jane, a thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. It will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you've made the Lord, which is my mo which is my refuge, even the most high, your habitation. There won't be any be evil that befalls you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jane, you'll tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. You'll trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life and to satisfy, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Can you see how the Lord Jesus is making intercession? No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. You can leave. But can you see how that's written like that to where it's uh, something that you can use? And this is the psalm of protection. It's called the soldier psalm, actually. And you think that, you know, I looked at Randall this morning and made this statement. He may have thought, okay, <laughs> I don't know. But I said, people would might ask me, Do you, are you saying that 11,000 people could go down right in front of you and you would still be standing? Absolutely. Yes. That's what, exactly what I'm saying. Well, you might better be careful. The devil might hear you. That's who I want to hear me. You understand what I'm saying? And so with that being said, it's in these times right now that we're living in, it's, I mean, I, I don't want to prophesy doom. I'm not sitting here. I don't know what the future events hold. But I do know this, the same way that my friend told me, to not be troubled, or to not, excuse me, not, you had to become fearless, and I meditated in the word, or, or on those situations, with the word until I became absolutely fearless. I used to go to work, and I, man, 
I, I could sleep on the way to a call with the lights and sirens going. I, hey, just hit me when we get there. You know, I mean, because I got to that place. And so you, with this, whenever I feel fear rising up in my heart, because Jesus said in the end, men's hearts are going to fail them for fear. What I did was um, I'm doing this with the word the same way I did that on the ambulance because what the, our, the charge we have, Matthew 24, 6, you can read about all the bad things going to happen. One thing he says, see that you're not troubled. And you're talking to a guy that the night before he's nailed to a cross, he, I mean, this, he's comforting his disciples, telling them, don't let your heart be troubled, guys. And, and it should have been the other way around. So you can see the difference in what the word of God, you said, well, that was Jesus. No, we, he came as a man. We have the same tools and we're held to the same standard. And so we've got to get to the place where we are meditating on the word, getting it down in our heart. And I've just, I have determined with everything in me, I'm not going to be troubled. I'm not going to be troubled by things going on out there. I'm going to be a lot. And when things start going down, it's like, you're just going to keep walking and talking with the Lord like you have and helping people that need help. And so, really, that's all I got for you guys. Um, I just wanted to share that. And I do, I, I feel like it's something that you can take with you tomorrow and use. You know, if you if you will work the word, it'll work for you. If you don't, it won't. That's the Bottom line, I don't know how to put it any other blunt than that. It's not going to pat you on the back. you got to work it, man. And, it, and, I, and just to keep you from thinking, you know, like Brother Randall told me yesterday, he said, you got to keep, it says, you know, no evil shall befall you. you got to keep that in context. And the context is there's evil all around you. Do you know, you know, it's not, I'm not telling you you can get born again and think everything's going to be great. You, I didn't even know what problems were till I got saved. So, anyways, all right, well, I love y'all and I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you want to paint a red dot right there. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah, hey, we're good. Yeah, we're good. That's exactly right, Jim. Really, I mean, and people are. Do you 